Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from him today. So please enjoy. So today, we're going to continue our series on promises. We're going to talk about the promise of a future. Have you ever thought about the future? You ever thought about what you're going to do next, what you're going to do tomorrow? Maybe some of the things you're doing today are in preparation for tomorrow. We're going to look at what God says in His Word and what He has for you. We've been in this series called Promises. And I just want to take an excerpt out of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2-4. through 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord. For His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Verse 4, through these, His glory and excellence, He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises so that by them, His promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is, the wor- that is in the world on account of lust. By Jesus' glory and excellence, He's given us the ability to have access. It's by what Jesus did. We have access to the promises of God, everything that He's promised through the Scriptures. And because of that access, it also gives us access to the divine nature of God. These promises are nothing small, but they are the segue into the divine nature, the same nature that created the heavens and the earth, the same nature that told the water to recede and the land to come forth, the same nature that brought light into a dark world, the same nature that created all things that you see on this earth, the same nature that created man in the likeness and the image of God. By His divine nature, the same nature that split the Red Sea, His divine nature, we have full access to by Jesus Christ. These promises are not small, and we're touching just a few of them. There's over 8,000, they say, theologians say in the Bible. That's a lot of Sundays. We could be here a while. But each and every one of them is specific, maybe to its part and time in which it was written in the Bible, but there's always something that is to be spoken to us. And we're going we're gonna to go into Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah in chapter 29 today. And we're going to look at one of these specific promises that God gave his people Israel. Before we go there, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the word that you have today. I thank you, Lord, that you didn't just design us for, to be in this moment and in this hour, Lord, but you have called us to a future. Lord, that you have called more out of us. Lord, that you're preparing us through a process of, of testing and trial, Lord, that you're refining us, that you're pushing us towards you, Father, Lord, that our future is better than our past, that our future is better than our present, Father, Lord, that you have greater things for us than we're experiencing now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, that you would just fall in this place and touch us, O oh Jesus. Lord, that you would anoint my tongue and my lips and speak only the words that you have to say. 
and allow your word to fall afresh in this house. Let it be written to the tablet of our heart to which we would never forget it. And Lord, that we would have the ability to walk in the power and the divine nature that you have so graciously given to us through your promises. I pray, God, Lord, that you would effectively open our eyes and open our ears to hear and see what you're speaking to the church today. In Jesus' name, and they all said, amen. Well, hallelujah. All right, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. (coughs) Excuse me. Plans for a future. Prosperity, a future and a hope. This is our key verse. This is a promise of God. This promise was spoken through a letter that Jeremiah had written. This promise was spoken in the midst of adversity. It was written in a letter from Jeremiah to the exiles who were in Babylon. Their country, Israel, had been overtaken. And everyone had been ripped out and taken to a place that they'd never been before. They were strangers in a land that they did not know. They were among people that they'd never met. They were in bondage. They were treated harshly. There was suffering. There was pain. And this promise comes through this letter. And many would read this promise and say, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's no way that I can have a future here. There's no way that there's a future right now. All I can see around me is hurt and pain. All I can see around me is bondage. All I can see around me is my present pain. And I don't want to think about a future. I don't want to look to a future because there is none. And they have this thought process in their minds. But Jeremiah is writing with passion. He had a love for Israel that no other person had, no other prophet had. And he was speaking the words that God had put inside of his heart. He was writing them on a letter, and he was writing them to these exiles, saying, don't look at your current situation and determine that your future is not happening. Don't allow that which you see before you to set in motion the rest of your life. Because that's where you'll burn and die. If you can't be able, if you're not able to look forward, you're never going to move forward. Pastor Matt says often that we need to be looking in the windshield and not the rearview mirror, right? You can move forward while looking in the rearview mirror, but it's probably not going to last long probably going to hit something. You're probably going to run into something that you maybe once knew. Because you're looking back. The problem, every promise is given, and we're going through these, these promises. We're looking at these promises in three different ways. We're going to look at the problem the promise is set for, the promise itself, and then the process of which to receive the promise. So the problem right now in in the exiles that have been taken out to Babylon is that there was uncertainty of a future. They didn't know if there was a future. I don't know if you're like me, but I think a lot of times we sit 
and we think about our current state, we think about the things that we're encountering right now, we think about the things that we've encountered in our past, and we begin to determine our future off the things that we've experienced. Because it's what we know. And because you're, you're allowing your future to be determined by what you know, you cannot move out of what you've known. But you're held captive by it. If the exiles couldn't look outside of their bondage in Babylon, that's where they were going to stay for the rest of their lives. If we can't get outside of our current view, we'll never be able to see to the future. We need to have vision. We need to be able to see beyond our current state. Israel found themselves in this position because they disobeyed God. Israel found themselves in this position because they had been warned time and time again that God was going to bring judgment upon them. That they were going to be moved out of their country. They were warned that they were going to be overtaken. They were warned of their wickedness. That they were running from God. That they were not heeding His word. And Israel, instead of listening to the word of God and going after the future that God had set before them, decided that they were going to make their own future. And that they were going to do the things that they wanted to do. Because if they did the things they wanted to do, their future would be what they wanted. And they continued to chase the things of their desires and their lusts. So I don't know if if you remember what we just read in 2 Peter, but it says the divine nature delivers us from the corruption of the lusts of the world. And lust isn't just sexual, but it's just, it's unrighteous desire for anything. It's a desire that, that is for something other than God. Unrighteous desire. But Israel's lust and passion for what they wanted to see, what they wanted to touch, what they thought that the world had to offer, put them into a future state of captivity. When God's future for them was much greater. Proverbs 24.20 says, For there will be no future for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. This is something that we see in God's word, that if we continue on a wicked and evil pathway, that justice will come. It may not come in this life, In the moment, and sometimes people are just waiting and they're just, I'm just going to wait for God to judge you. And now we, what do we do? We're allowing our past to determine our future. Our past is allowing us to sit here and look. And we think our future is based on what we want. But our future is not based on what we want. It's based on what God has purposed for us. So don't be the one to try and bring justice upon other people or revenge. God's got that taken care of. But rather, why don't you love them? I believe that God can change Russia. I believe that God can intervene in a time of wickedness. I believe that people can be saved in the midst of trial and persecution. You know what? Sometimes more so than when things are going right. 
There's a greater passion for people to get on their knees when they're experiencing trial, when they're experiencing hurt, when they're experiencing bondage and captivity. When they have to begin to trust in something other than themselves because they're not enough. And they find out that they cannot hold their future. But only God can. Only God can direct their steps. Only God can direct their paths. Worry, fear, anxiety, uncertainty, all these things overwhelm us as to where we're going to go next. We can't get outside of what we've seen or the normal that we've experienced. Or maybe the friends that we have or the family that we have encountered. Some families are great, but some families aren't so great. Sometimes we grow up in pain. Sometimes we grow up in hurt. Sometimes we grow, be, grow up being rejected. And we just we allow that rejection to, to direct the rest of our life. And we begin to speak it over and over and over again. Just because it's what we experience, it's what we know. And we allow our knowledge to then be the direction for our future. Yet instead of that, why don't we allow God's promise to speak into us so that our future can be known through Him? And not ourselves. Do you have expectation for your future? Or can you only see your current state of existence? Are you only focused on where you're at? Proverbs 29.18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. A future is a lot of times hinged on vision. Are you focused on where you're at and what you're doing right now? Or are you looking to the future? Are you looking for God's provision in your life? Are you looking to something other than what you've always experienced? Or are you just expecting everything to happen the same way it always has? Maybe it's going really good for you right now. And you're scared. Because you're beginning to say, I'm just waiting to screw up. I'm just waiting for this to fall all apart. I'm just waiting. This never worked out before. Anytime something's ever gone good for me, it's always been destroyed. And we're allowing our fear and anxiety and past pains and hurts to dictate what comes next. We're uncertain of anything that could ever be any good. Vision is the act or power of seeing. It is also an idea, an image, a dream, a possibility for the future. Vision is the ability to imagine and use our imagination to dream. Vision also, require, also makes suffering and disappointment bearable because it gives us hope. If you can see beyond the hurt and the pain, if you can see beyond the death of a family member, if you can see beyond the divorce, if you can see beyond the loss of a job, if you can see beyond whatever is happening in your life right now, the pain, the rejection, if you can see beyond that, there's hope. We exist for a reason. God does not have you in the place that he has you for nothing. My God. The Israelites were exiled in captivity to Babylon. 
because of the evil and the disobedience that they decided to do, that they encountered. In the letter Jeremiah writes, I'm going to read it again, 29.11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. People that had run away from God. God has a plan for you. You might not be where you want to be right now. You might be in a place of despair. You might be in a place of hurt. You might be in a place of running. But God has not forgotten about you. God did not forget about his people Israel. And if you read on, it says that after 70 years, they will get back into their land. God will bring back their land. They will come out of captivity. God had a plan for them. He needed to bring them back. He needed to bring them back to a place of obedience, a place of love, a place where they put their trust in God and not themselves. The context of this verse can speak so much into our lives. The understanding that even though we run from God, God still loves us and has a plan for us. That, that a future and a hope resides for you today. That you're not going to be just left to the wind. You know, one of the things that I think about often when I think about this promise of a future is I think about those who cut their future short. I think about fear. I think about depression. I think about anxiety. I think about suicide. I think about all the things that our young people and our old people are experiencing today because they're, they're deciding their future on their present position. And they can't bear to live any longer because they only see their past and their present. But if they would only allow God to intervene, if they would only allow God to touch their lives and give them a future and a hope to keep moving forward. Maybe you've been in this position. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you don't want to live anymore. But God has a plan for you. And it's not death. It's not destruction. We experience things in this world that are not pretty. This, this verse, although often preached as a prosperity verse, as a verse for people who are down and out to say that it's going to end, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that your trial is going to end, but I'm going to stand here and tell you that God has a future for you, and the trial that you're going through right now will produce a blessing. It will, it's a process in which we go through, that we, that we go through trial and persecution and tests. I'm just going to skip a little bit here. There's a verse I'm thinking of right now that I want to read to you. If I can find it. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 21, it says, For consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it 
in hope that creation itself also would be set free from its slavery to corruption into freedom of the glory of the children of God. Your sufferings in this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to come. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, After you have suffered for a while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, strengthen, and establish you. That's another promise. God promises a future and a hope. He will use everything that you're experiencing right now. But you have to allow him to. We can't shut him out. Without God, there is no future. We, read, we just read in Proverbs that the future of, there is no future for the evil man. But the wicked will be put out just like a candle. Some say, well, my death is going to be my future. Well, I'm here. I cannot be up here and not tell you that death without God results in judgment at the throne of God, which then leads to the lake of fire for eternal life. You cannot escape the judgment of God. The power of this promise in Jeremiah is the fact that God sent his son. That regardless of your wickedness, regardless of my pain, regardless of everything that I decided to do against God, regardless of all my disobedience, that God said, I have a future for you. I have brought my son who came and died on the cross and took your sin, took your pain, took everything that you've ever experienced, every hurt you've ever encountered, took your current situation and took it to the cross. He bore it on his shoulders and he carried it up that hill on Calvary and he nailed it to that cross and took it down to the grave and came up with life eternal he resurrected for you he's alive today for you he came out of the grave not for himself you get that he didn't go to the cross for himself he went for you he died so you don't have to. He didn't stay in the grave because he knew that he had to come up so that he could be the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn means that there's got to be another. That's you and me. The future resides, not just in this life, but after death. Then in eternity we will reign with Christ. The Bible says that we're heirs with him. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. That means we get to sit at the right hand of Jesus. He's got a desire and a passion for you. He does not want to see you stop now. He doesn't want to see you remain where you are. He told the exiles in this same letter, Go into this land of Babylon. Bless it. Build a family. Plow fields. Make a life for yourself. Find a house. Begin something in this city to which you've never known. You know what that speaks to? That God can be anywhere you're at. Even though you're captive, even though you're bound, 
even though you're experiencing consequences of past decisions and mistakes, doesn't mean God can't be present in your, certain, in your, in your situation right now. And how much better is bondage with God? Ask Paul and Silas. Woo, midnight. They're praising the Lord in prison. Their praise goes so high, God comes down to meet them. And in the midst of him trying to sit down with them in that jail, those walls just shake, break everything. Nothing in this world can can hold the presence of God. God can be anywhere you're at. Future doesn't have to stop now. Allow your vision for what's ahead to be driven by God. Our vision comes from a purpose that God sets inside of us. And purpose, as it relates to the future, speaks of potential, vision, destiny, and accomplishment. Your purpose is significant. You may think that you're not. You may think that you have nothing to offer. You may think that there's nowhere to go from here. That nobody would want to be around you. That nobody would want to speak to you. That nobody could get anything from you. But I'm here to tell you today that you're going to be able to speak to people that nobody else can. You're going to be able to touch the hearts of people that nobody else can. You're going to be able to meet people that nobody else will ever meet. And you're going to be able to touch those lives. And they're going to be able to experience the love and passion of Jesus Christ through you. The Bible speaks of purpose in this way. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 through 11. It says, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which had carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Your purpose is that the manifold wisdom of God might be known through you to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. Rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Did you know that the way that you walk, that your future is so great and so powerful that it touches and anoints not only those that are around you on this earth, but in heaven? That your future has something greater to do with others experiencing God? You see, when I think about suicide, when I think about People ending their lives early. A lot of times we say, well, it's a selfish thing to do. And it, it is. Because your focus is only on your future. I just want to encourage anyone who's dealing with depression right now. Or suicide. That God loves you where you're at. And he has a plan for you. And you're not going to just rob the world and your loved ones of your life, but you're robbing everyone who has the opportunity to run into you of the blessings that God has designed to flow through you. And I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody here or if I'm speaking to people online, 
But there's someone that God wants to speak to right now. And he's saying that it's not about you. But it's about me flowing through you. It's about the people that I've designed you to touch. It's about those that need you to speak into their lives. There's a reality to this purpose. The future just isn't a great idea. It's a reality that's coming. And God has it designed specifically for you. When you read on after Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, and 12 and 13, it says that if you seek the Lord and seek Him with all your heart and you pray, you're going to have to read it because I'm just paraphrasing But if you seek him and pray with all of your heart, you will find him. It doesn't say you might. It doesn't say you could. It doesn't say maybe. It says you will find him. When you go after him with everything that you have. When you quit looking at the past and the current present position and allowing that to determine your focus. But if you allow God to be the focus of your life, He will show up. And He will meet you. And the future that He has for you will be revealed in Jesus' name. It's going to take you beyond where you're at. Man. I have so much that that God just wants to just reveal to you through this. There is no future without God. God has your future in His hands. And there's no other person that you'd rather it be with. There's no other person that you would rather direct your life But God will take you from a state of brokenness. He'll take you out of pain. And though it may not have left, it'll seem like it left. Because His future is greater than you. His future is greater than anything anybody could ever do to you. Paul said this in Philippians. He said, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. That's beautiful. To die is gain. My future isn't determined by the death that I may experience, but my future is in the kingdom of God. My future resides at the throne room of God. My future resides in the presence of God. And greater for it to be me, that I be with God than in this present position. But then Paul says, but yet if I live... The future that God has designed for me on this earth. I can speak to so many more. My future is neither in death nor life, but it's in Jesus Christ. Do you have a future in Jesus today? Do you know him? Have you thought about your future? And where you're going and the decisions you're making? 2 Timothy 4.8 says this, and this is Paul speaking at the very end of his life. 
In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me in that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul saw that there was future reward for him. But he does not only acknowledge the reward that he is going to receive, but he acknowledges that this reward is available to you and me. All those that love his appearing. All those that believe in him. All those that are running after him. Paul experienced lashings, being beaten with rods. He was stoned to death. And he kept going for God. Paul experienced more than I believe any human being could really survive by the power of God and the purpose of God in his life. And God can do the same for you and me. I believe Jesus wants to touch you this morning. And I believe he has a word for your future. And he wants to reveal that to you. If you're here today, or if you're online today, and you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to take you through that process this morning. I want to get you on the steps to a greater future. Jesus Christ don't allow your present position to die here but allow it to be revived through the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life I'm just going to say a prayer and I'll have you repeat the prayer after me but if there's anyone here or anyone online that is in need of Christ right now that is in a need of a change in your life that is in need of a future. He's got plans to prosper you, plans of blessing, plans to take you through what you're going through. I just want you to lift your hand right now. If you're in need of Jesus today, just slide your hand up. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. At home, I want you to put your hand up. It's a true acknowledgement that you are in need of Christ. Jesus stepped out and died on a cross for us. The least we can do is acknowledge Him in the need of our Lord and Savior. For all those that lifted their hands this morning, I just want to encourage you to repeat this prayer after me. It can be out loud. It can be silent. All those that are here, if you want to repeat after me, go ahead. Let's just close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge that you have a future for me. And I place my present and past in your hands. I surrender to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all I've done wrong. And wash me with your blood. I receive you now. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life. And in this moment, in Jesus' name, and they all said, Amen.
God's touching hearts right now. And just in this moment, I want you to just pour everything out as we worship Him. Close your eyes and allow God to give you the vision for the future that He has for you. For your purpose is greater than this moment. This is just the beginning. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.